0: Welcome to 15 minutes of mental toughness with your host, Dr. Rob Bell. Dr. Rob interviews expert coaches, executives, and athletes about mental toughness and their hinge moments. The hinge, it connects who we are with who we become, and it only takes one. And now for your host, Dr. Rob.
1: The job in indianapolis uh, two years ago is probably when a lot changed for me personally and it was a big growing moment for me and um i i kind of bet on myself and i was in the running for another job in alabama and birmingham while also interviewing for this job in indianapolis and i knew that i really wanted indianapolis they're just the time frame didn't really match up with when i needed to know versus when they could tell me I could have the job. Um, I was competing against other people, of course, um, and I ended up going the extra mile to get this job in Indianapolis. I basically told them I'll drive up today.
0: Hey, this is Dr. Rob Bell. If you want a free ebook, the best mental toughness quotes that will make you better, just text Dr. Rob Bell, that's D-R-R-O-B, B-E-L-L, to this number, 33444. You'll get a download right away. So our guest today combined her love of sports and media and then made it her career. Uh, She grew up in South Florida, Fort Lauderdale area. She was a great football player. And she moved (laughs) north to uh, Florida State University where she got her degree in media productions. Now, one week before... Graduating, she accepted her position as a sports reporter, WTVY, in Dothan, Alabama. Uh, From there, you know, covered SEC football, baseball, all sports, and went to Huntsville, Alabama, covered the whole state, and then moved to the Midwest in 2018 for WTHR, where she was sports anchor and reporter in Indianapolis. Our guest today is Taylor Tannenbaum. Taylor, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you for having me. I appreciate the research you've done
0: so you know I, I guess we should let the listeners know like how we came to know each other so the it, it was at the start of the pandemic start of the quarantine and, right and you saw a very cute little boy and his not so good looking dad and you did a story <laughs> on us about golfing which which was fantastic yeah. it was a father and son story it was great but and I never want to like start negative but it was interesting because when you did that story the only thing in that news was all negative, and I was shocked about like the amount of negative comments like people had that didn't know the background, didn't think we should be out there. But um, can I start with that? Like, how much negativity do you face yeah. in what you do?
1: Well, first of all, I would say I think there's just a lot of negativity right negativity right now. There's a lot. Of, people have a lot of pent up frustration. People are just. There's a lot going on right now, so I feel like everyone's gearing towards the negativity as much as we're trying to stay positive. There's a lot of things you can nitpick, and there's a lot of division. So I feel like that it doesn't surprise me that when we aired the story, it was a really sweet story about you and your son and how you were bonding through golf, even during this pandemic. And it's outdoors, you know, you're not spreading any germs, you're minding your own business. You are more than six feet away from people. People still seem to find the negative and that the country club is still open and, uh, you no, know, No, no dangerous we're not, we're not and,
0: country club people. It's was, it was just a golf club.
1: Oh, the golf club. Yeah. The golf club is still open and and how how golf is just for wealthy people. They just found every single way to, which is not true. They, they found every single way to pick it apart. But what I found in this business is you're not going to please everybody. Um, of course, everybody is entitled to their own opinion. Everyone has their own opinion. Um, and you will have people who find the worst in when you are trying to do the best in something. So recently I did a story on, for example, it doesn't happen all the time for the most part, being in sports, especially because I'm not in news. I get a lot of positive feedback because sports are happy. I normally tell happy stories. There's nothing really negative. It's normally good profiles or people winning a game or a sweet story. Um, So most of the time it's positive feedback. Um, But recently I did a story on a Butler soccer player. His name's Ethan King who is an incredible young man, he, he helps a lot. Um, he started a campaign when he was 10 years old to help impoverished countries, and, and he collects soccer balls and sends them to the kids there because it means a lot to them. Wow. Um, a lot of it's based in Africa. His father has um, a campaign that also builds clean water wells in Africa, so around the country or the continent in different countries. Um, so recently with this whole pandemic, Ethan decided he wanted to raise funds to build clean water wells in impoverished areas in Mozambique specifically um, and try to help spread the word of COVID-19 because there's just a lot of people who don't have access to the news, don't have access to information, don't have access, period, to clean water. So if they do get sick, it's going to spread rampant. So he started a campaign. Um, I did a story on it, thought it was incredible. I got some negative feedback from people just talking about how can one kid save Africa. Wait,
0: you got you Your, got neg- you got negative feedback yeah. from that story.
1: Um uh you know, basically twisting my words, saying that I you know, I was pigeonholing an entire country into saying the whole country was poor and that um I'm, I'm basically labeling a certain group of people and that's not at all. I went back and watched and read the story. I had multiple people say positive things about it. So the point is, is that you're not going to please everybody. Someone's always going to be ticked off at the way something's done, especially if it's not the way that they want. Um, You just kind of have to take it and and accept it, read it, understand it. If it applies, then apply it and, and try to see it from somebody else's perspective. And it doesn't mean that it's necessarily wrong. It's just not. How I feel about it. So I appreciate, I do appreciate even when negative comments come in, as long as they're not slandering towards the way I look. That bothers me because you have no right to judge how anybody looks. Everyone is their own person. um But if it's about my stories, it's okay. But for the most part, people are pretty sane.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I always say looks are not show fodder. No. I mean, that, that's
1: off limits and it should be. Although it's not. I get a lot of emails telling me how I should do my hair and about my nose and about that I should fix that and about, you know, they didn't like my outfit today or, uh, what were you thinking? Why your hair in a ponytail when it was 95 degrees outside of training camp? <laughs> that to me is not acceptable, but you're always going to have those people. And in the end, you know, you hope that it only just, it means that people are watching.
0: Yeah. So, so I did what you're not supposed to do. I kind of engaged the people on Facebook and you know, in right. ask, their comments and, but you do hard like, not a, to. I mean, you do a fantastic job on your social media. Like how do you navigate that space of, you know, when you're getting criticized as opposed to when you comment and how do you end it and stuff like that? How do you, how do you deal with that?
1: It's hard. Um, it's definitely hard. You have to pick your battles first and foremost, cause there's some people that you can't, you can't reason with. Um, it's just going to go in circles and, and there's just simply no point you're wasting your breath or your Twitter fingers in that case. Um, there are certain people that I'll engage with because I feel strongly about the stance or I have a fact about it. Um, if it's super opinion based, I probably won't just because yes, everyone has an opinion, but because of the place that I'm in and in the news business, I have to try and stay pretty neutral. Of course, I'm going to have my own opinions of where I stand and things, but sometimes if I feel a certain way, I'll write it out and I won't send. You just have to really stop yourself and talk yourself through and say like, look, it's not worth it. As much as you want to say it, you're not getting anything out of it. Um, if though someone's really bothering me, I will use mostly the sarcastic round. I'll just say, "Thank you so much for your opinion. Thank you so much for watching. Have a wonderful day." And no one can really respond to that. Yeah, you and kill, it, kill them with it, kindness. Team Petty, kill them with kindness. I hear you. I see you. You're not affecting me.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, your point in your your purpose in messaging me was to affect me, and I'm letting you know, like I'm good. So, um, that's probably the best way to go about it. It's okay to engage if it's positive and you want to have an adult conversation. Nine out of 10, 10 times trolls do not want to have an adult conversation. So I'll type it out. I'll delete it and I won't hit send. That's so, sort of a therapeutic thing for me.
0: The present day, like writing on a piece of paper and then just throwing it away. I love it, man. Yeah. Cause no,
1: you have to, I mean, look, we all want to stand up for ourselves. Uh, I, but just sometimes, it's better to do it behind the scenes than,
0: than cause, publicly. Because my comment will be, um, you know, that that's interesting. I've I've never thought about it that way. And then just kind of. And I love that. Way. Yeah.
1: Because everyone does have their own opinion, but you're uh, that's me just basically saying like I don't like yours, but cool, teach yeah. his own. <laughs> I know. I'm gonna use that. I'm gonna yeah. use that.
0: So it, this is a show about mental toughness and hinge moments. I mean, yeah. What, what people don't understand, I think, is. Uh, the grind, the difficulty of, you know, what your job entails, especially coming out of school. But, you know, from, from Dothan to Huntsville to Indy, I mean, you've done it all, right? Writing, production, camera, everything. When it comes to like mental toughness with your job, I mean, tell us a story about what people don't see.
1: You have to have a lot of mental toughness to do this job. A lot of people think it's just like getting on a camera and someone's standing behind the camera. Someone did your hair and makeup and and you're just reading someone else's script that they wrote for you. And that's not at all what it is. I do everything myself for the most part. Unless, you know, sometimes I'll have a photographer. Um, but everything I write is my own. Everything I say is my own. My hair and makeup is my own. My, I carry my own equipment. I edit my own work. And I'm also on camera. So it's a grind. And it's not just what you see on TV. There's hours of work that goes behind that uh, for just a one or two minute little segment. So it's a little bit less here now in Indianapolis because it's a bigger sized market. But when I lived in Alabama, you know, Saturdays are king football, college football is king. And like we'll say when I lived in Dothan, I was getting paid no money, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: like 23 grand a year, 24 grand a year. Uh, no money. That's how, that's just how this business starts out. So for people who think this is glitz and glamour, it's not. Um, and if it was a Saturday and say there was a college football kickoff at two o'clock in the afternoon um at Auburn, it was about three hours away. and Keep in mind, you got to park and you got to be there early. You have to be there as a reporter early before kickoffs because traffic and they shut off roads. so I would wake up and I had to be ready, you know camera ready when I would leave, so I'd have to wake up sometimes at five a m to get fully ready to get in a car with all my equipment by myself. you know I'm by myself, I don't have a photographer. You drive to Auburn, you park, you haul all your equipment to the stadium. Sometimes it can be a mile away. Sometimes they have golf carts. Uh, You shoot the game yourself. So you're on a big football field following these men running back and forth uh, on the field. Then once the game is over, yeah, while everyone else goes home, that's when my work starts. And you have to put together a story for the six o'clock news, the 11 o'clock news, and they don't buy you a hotel after for the most part because it's all in a day's work. So, you got to drive back after three hours after you've worked an entire day. And sometimes you don't get home till 1, 2 a.m. Uh, so, there you have a 20, 21 hour day.
0: Nice. Um,
1: and that requires some mental toughness. I mean, you got to talk yourself through some things. You know, it's exhausting, and you got to remind yourself why you're doing it because it, it's for a bigger purpose of wanting to better yourself. Obviously, putting content on television, and, and you hope that you can work your way up in the business. Uh, So there's definitely mental toughness. And of course, with the critiques, you know, you're in the public eye. So you have to make sure you're mentally tough when it comes to people's comments and and how people feel about you. Like I said, not everyone's going to like you.
0: So you would have to shoot the whole game? Whole game. From start to
1: finish. I mean, if you're not rolling and you miss something, you're going to miss some stuff. Right. Um, But yeah, you shoot all four quarters and in your brain, you're kind of writing down what you're going to need and you're marking it off on your camera and, and then you... You kinda of take notes in your phone as you go and then timeouts and in halftime is when you kinda of do your work as much as you can to get ahead of it.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah, it's now, crazy. Now at least I mean, being uh with pro sports, I mean, at least tell me you had nice hospitality. Yeah.
1: Always. I mean, here's the thing about sports, covering sports versus covering news. Sports people always get fed. We uh we always get fed. Um there's never not cookies. There's never not chips. There's never not drinks around when it comes to news. They don't really. I yeah. remember, you know, I helped on the news side when I lived in Alabama when there was election nights, and I would go and I'd be like, "So where's the food for the reporters?" And they would look <laughs> at me like I was crazy because, you know, they don't really necessarily feed their, the news people. So there's always good hospitality. The Colts, the Pacers are wonderful here. Uh, the Indians uh, are are awesome. Purdue, IU, you name it. There's always there's always hospitality, which you can count on. That's why you got to make sure you stay fit in this job because you can easily gain weight.
0: Yeah, right. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm glad you mentioned uh, an Auburn game and not necessarily Alabama, even though I don't have anything against them. But, I'm a, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm a Tennessee guy, so I mean, I love SEC football. What, what was your biggest takeaway from, from SEC country and living down there?
1: Uh, it's religion. Um, football is everything and more. Um, basketball is actually starting to become a pretty big deal down there too, because the teams are starting to be a lot better. Um, the talent level has risen a lot, but um, the people just love their football. They love you. They love to bring you in. Uh, there were plenty of tailgates that I was at in different places that people welcomed me, in that I didn't know I was at LSU for an Alabama LSU game one night. Um, a man brought me in for his tailgate. They were, you know, cooking up a a, gator, a pig on the on the right there in front of me they had all the seafood you can imagine um and i we stayed in touch ever since that was probably in like 2016 so whenever they would be at alabama or at lsu he'd always invite me to his tailgates and that's just pretty much a summation of how things are in the south so much hospitality uh whether you're on their team or not and uh and they just love their football and it's 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 a pretty special thing because it brings people together like nothing else
0: right it will be interesting to see how that changes, if at all, in terms of what will happen this fall.
1: I think people are going to be really excited to see each other.
0: Right. Right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean,
1: I, I genuinely think people are going to be really, really excited to see each other, if we're allowed to have fans. But um, I think there might be a lot less division moving forward. Honestly, this could be—it could end up being a positive. But you know, you're always going to have your Philadelphia fans, you're always going to have your Alabama fans, you're always going to have your crazies.
0: Yeah, you can throw West Virginia fans in there too.
1: Oh yeah, that they, they they're pretty crazy. Yeah. That's I, all they have there.
0: You know, right. that's their,
1: that's their sport. Oh yeah.
0: So, in terms of hinge moments, uh, what's a hinge moment, you know, in in your life and your career that you can share?
1: I would definitely say like my hinge moment that kind of changed a lot of the way that I view things you I've had a few of course just moving to Dothan was one of them coming from South Florida that was a pretty big leap of faith but uh when I took the job in Indianapolis uh, two years ago is probably when a lot changed for me personally and it was a big growing moment for me and um I I kind of bet on myself and I was in the running for another job in Alabama and Birmingham while also interviewing for this job in Indianapolis. And I knew that I really wanted Indianapolis. They're just, the time frame didn't really match up with when I needed to know versus when they could tell me I could have the job. Um, I was competing against other people, of course. Um, and I ended up going the extra mile to get this job in Indianapolis. I basically told them, I'll drive up today. I know you guys weren't gonna have me until next week to interview, but I'll drive up today, tomorrow, Thursday, in order to get this done. And because they saw that proactiveness, they ended up saying, okay, come up. You know, we weren't expecting this, but sure. And then they hired me on the spot essentially because I think it showed that I had initiative and I really, really cared. And I was able to tell the job in Birmingham that I didn't really love, I wasn't super fond of, I was just taking it because I was scared I wasn't going to find another one. Um, I was able to tell them no, and I was able to do what I wanted to do. Um, and I learned that sometimes there's gonna be fear involved, but if you if you bet on yourself, if you have confidence in yourself and you go the extra mile, it could really work out for you and everything will always work out the way that it's supposed to. So I feel like that was really my hinge moment. It's helped me a lot in my decision making. It's helped me a lot in my confidence. It's helped me a lot uh, just in general in life, not even just in work, but I've just, I've, after that move, I felt a lot more confident in a lot of decisions that I make. Um, so I would say that was probably my biggest hinge moment.
0: So you, and I, I want to just delve a little bit deeper in there. So you had this job at Birmingham kind of already set up. but you, It was on
1: the table. We were just working contract negotiations.
0: Wow, so it was close. So,
1: So it was close. I was about two days away from having to give them a final answer, and I knew they needed it essentially on that Friday, and I wasn't even going to interview in Indianapolis until the following week, and we'd done all the stalling that we could, Um, It wasn't that I didn't want Birmingham. I just, I wasn't completely fulfilled by it. I didn't feel like Um, I knew taking it would be fine, but I don't ever just want to settle for fine. Um, So that's why I tried to push the job here and in Indianapolis and push their timeline and ended ended up working in my favor. Granted, it's not always going to work like that, but it just showed me if you, if you try, it might, right. You don't always need to settle for what's comfortable. Take a little bit of a risk.
0: Did you like, cause I love that betting on yourself. I think that's going to be the title of this episode. Yeah. Did, um, you have to
1: do that a lot in this business.
0: Like, and I take it, I guess, I mean, you trusted your gut in that whole situation.
1: Yeah, definitely. And my gut was just telling me, I knew that I wanted to get out of Alabama. It's not that I didn't love it. I just wanted a new challenge. I didn't want to cover Alabama and Auburn anymore. I'd done it for five years. I wanted pro sports, just something in my gut was just saying like, yeah, it's good, but it's not, it's not it for me. Like I know there's something else out there and, um, and it sort of just aligned in my favor, uh, and it worked out for me. So yeah, it was definitely a gut feeling. Like I would definitely say my gut was super involved in that. It wasn't just me being like, well, I don't want to do it. It was, I had a feeling that something wasn't, it just, I wasn't there. Like I just, my heart wasn't in it.
0: You mentioned, um, after that decision, betting on yourself, I mean, your confidence grew, what, yeah. um, talk to me about that. Like, how did that change in terms of, you know, overall life work wise? How did that change? Just, just that moment.
1: I mean, personally, I just, it made me feel like I am capable, like, you know, Indianapolis is a big market and, and it takes a lot. It takes some talent to be in this market. It does. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, it just felt like everything that I had worked for was justified, you know, that, my talent that I believed was pretty good, but you know, you never really know was was good. Um, I was on the right path. I was doing the right things. Um, it just showed me that you, you know, you in order for someone else to have confidence, in you you have to have confidence in yourself. Um, because if I would have just kind of sat back and went along for the ride, they may not have seen that side of me, um, and, and it just showed the confidence I had in myself. That I promise you, if I get in front of you. You're not you're not going to not hire me like I'm the person for this job. So it's helped me just when I go out in the community here and, you know, I have to interview these athletes and big time people like I am meant to be here. I deserve to be here. There's a reason I'm here. So that's helped my confidence. And, you know, personally in personal relationships, I know what I deserve now. I'm a lot better about speaking up for what I deserve, a lot more comfortable with that. So that's definitely uh, helped me in that department as well.
0: It's fantastic. You you mentioned interviewing, I mean, what is it, in all your years, what have you learned? What does it take for a really good interview?
1: I've, and this is something, honestly, like it takes years of experience to kind of figure this out. I feel like I've been better about it now than in the past. It's just a conversation. Um, It's less about shooting questions at someone. I used to write down every single question and had to look at a list. Now I sort of just go in with like an idea in my mind of what I want to talk about and I just go. And you have a conversation with someone, and the key is really listening to what they're saying. A lot of people will just think about what the next question is. Uh, If you listen to what they say, they'll probably say something, and you'll have a whole different storyline that you didn't even realize you were going to come in with or leave with. So I've just realized it's all about a conversation. People want to talk about themselves, Mm -hmm. Um, people want to help you learn too. I've learned in locker rooms, like, you know, there's a lot that I don't know about sports, I, I didn't play professional football I didn't play basketball so you know if you're vulnerable and willing and they will help you learn as well so I've I really enjoyed that aspect of it um, so it just really they're people too they're they're just humans who have a story and that's all they're about I mean they don't really necessarily love media you know it's not like there's but they're willing to talk if, if you're willing to listen um, and not just you know create a narrative and I, that's just what I've learned
0: yeah how do you do that then? I mean, how do you navigate that if you have an idea of where a story should go? And I mean, how do you know when to pivot and when to delve deeper into a, a totally different angle?
1: You can just tell when someone wants to talk about something or not. Um, you can try a couple different ways to ask a question. If you're not getting it, then it's probably just not going to be the story. Um, you just kind of go with the flow. You, you can make you can make chicken salad out of chicken scratch. Like you just you just can. I've let. I've learned that you can give me five different sound bites and I can probably somehow weave them into each other and make a story. But you just kind of, you get a feel for who the person is and the more comfortable they are with you, the more they're willing to open up. So building relationships with these people is important. It's important. You don't just walk in there and da You hand them the microphone and you ask them all these tough questions at first, like get to know the human, get to know the person, get to know who they are outside of football or basketball or the sport that they play. And they'll be willing to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll find out a lot of things you didn't know about people because you know it's not all, it's not all out there. But you can kind of just tell from a person's demeanor what they want to talk about or what they don't. You could straight up ask them, "You willing to talk about this?" Sometimes they respect that, so they don't feel bombarded. Right. Um, and they'll say, "Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about that," and and you just kind of ease into it and, and let them carry it.
0: Because I'm always amused by people that will watch and say, oh, I can do that job. And it's like, no, no, you can't. No. It takes you years.
1: And and certain people will answer certain questions for certain people a certain way. Really? So, oh, yeah. I mean, it just depends on your relationship with people. And you can tell the people who've rubbed people the wrong way. You can tell the people who aren't in it for the right reasons. Um, And the athletes can read that as well. So it's it's definitely very obvious. uh, But you just have to be a human. And that's my main thing is just be a human because we all are humans at the end of the day. Yes, they get paid millions of dollars and have this crazy career, but they're just humans at the end of the day.
0: How, How am I doing on this interview?
1: You're doing great. You're actually a great interviewer. I can listen. How am I as an interviewee?
0: You know, they say like doctors don't make the great patients, but you know, you're great, great patient, doing good.
1: Awesome, that's what I like to hear.
0: Why do you think? Why do you think there's that distrust of the media from athletes' perspective?
1: I think because there are certain people who are in it for their own agendas, for clicks, for their own name, and they use other people, they step on other people, um, and they don't think about the human aspect of it. And that bothers me. I mean, I know my job is to report, but there is also a human aspect to it. Um, so I think there's, you know, just a disconnect, especially with social media now. Everything's instant. A lot of people don't check their facts. A lot of people don't check extra sources to verify things. So it instantly goes out and then it becomes a, a rumor mill. And it's and it's unfair uh, to put people in that position when, you know, one side of a story is being told. Um so I think that's a little bit where the distrust comes from. I think social media has only fueled that because things spread so quickly now. Right. Um, but then again, you know, we have a job to do as well. And they know that. Most athletes know, like, we have a job to do as well. But there's respect factor involved. And, and if you're not respectful, then then that's when that's when everything goes out the window. I just think there's certain people who just, like, are in it for themselves. They don't have a respect factor. And, and when you lose that, then you lose all trust.
0: Mm-hmm it's uh it's fascinating about what you do i mean when a um, golfer on tour i know that he kind of got cut off with uh with his take in terms of you know coming back having fans there at you know the pj events and i was just like amazed that somebody would do that because this is just somebody that was just coming up and i was like man this guy's not going to get any other takes ever if you're gonna right. cut, if you're going to cut off a pro in terms of what he was saying um Yes, I mean, it is. It's fascinating. I mean. um, It's a fine line. How how do you find the angle then in terms of not going, you know, mainstream in terms of what everybody else is covering? Like, how how do you research that and try to find Mm -hmm. a different angle of covering something?
1: Social media is important. You can learn a lot about somebody through their Instagram or their Twitter. Um, You pay attention to people in the community. You talk to people in the community. Um, and then you'll find stories about an athlete who did something kind for someone that no one else knew about, Mm. or you'll find on social media, there's a guy who loves gardening and, and maybe no one had seen them. So you can go talk to him about that garden he has in his backyard, like little things that you just wouldn't know from a football or a sport or a basketball aspect. Social media has been huge, um, in that, uh, also just. Just talking to the guys, they'll tell you stuff and, and the women, they'll tell you things that in passing that you didn't know before. You, you just start digging. When you have conversations with people over and over, you just find things out about them. Um, so spending time is important. I, I always say that, like spending time in places is important. Being, that's why it's so important for us to go to events and be places. It's because the more you see people in person, the more you talk to someone, the more you're going to learn, the more stories you're going to find right um so really just social media being in the community talking to regular people you find out a lot about athletes hey this athlete comes to my yoga studio and then you find out this guy does yoga five days a week who knew um so little things like that it's just listening and paying attention uh and you find out a lot about people
0: it's fantastic about being seen makes makes so much sense too yeah and you
1: have to go out in the community you have to be out and about you can't you know, that's, that's how you learn is just talking to people.
0: Um, I mean, how can you judge yourself in terms of, Hey, I really did a good job here, a good interview, or I mean, how do you, how do you judge yourself? Cause we can't go in public opinion.
1: Right. Oh. <laughs> well, you can- in a sense, like you know, if you get good feedback, you know sure. it's pretty much a good story. I can always tell if I think it's going to be a good story or not. I put a lot of effort into my stories. I will rarely just slap something together. Um, I can tell when something's good or not just based on my writing and how it flows. And if if I smile a lot after watching it multiple times and I still am enjoying watching it, then I know it's probably pretty good. Uh, but my main thing is I always am doing the subject of the story justice. I feel like, which is probably why I put so much into it. Uh, because I want to make the person in the story proud. So if I get good feedback from the person or the organization I did the story about, then I'm happy. Because that means that I did my job in telling their story to the best of my ability and informing people so that they learn about this business or this organization or this person. Uh, that they learn something. So that to me is important. Getting feedback from the subject is my favorite thing. Yeah. Uh, it's very gratifying.
0: Has there ever been, well, what happens when someone says this is off the record?
1: Well, if it's off the record, it's off the record. Um, there's a lot of things that I know that are off the record, you know, that I, I just, I would never report on because it comes that respect factor is, um, you know, I, I have these relationships with certain people that if something should be on the record later, I don't ever want to ruin that, um, if some, they tell me something off the record, you know, I can approach them and be like, "Hey, would you like to do a story on this? I think it would be really good." Uh, if they say no, then they say no. Or if you, you you find out something off the record, you can go digging other places. Hey, I, is this a thing? You know, and and, and not involve that person. Um, mm, that's okay. also a way a way to do it. Um, you know, if if they're not willing to talk about it, you can try to find some other sources and see if somebody else comes out and is willing to talk about it. Ah, uh, but it's certainly a fine line. You know, if I found out something that was life-changing, uh, then you know you gotta you gotta go digging elsewhere or try to try to reason with that person and saying we gotta do something about this because uh, that's my that's my purpose as a journalist. You know, I have to share information. But if it's if it's something off the record that's personal to them and 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 it's not story-worthy and maybe it'll get some clicks, but I don't feel like it's worth it. I'm just um, it's not right that to me that relationship is more important for something that could be really worth it down the road
0: but you approach that in terms of um just as human being hey this might be a story yeah
1: for sure so you know say there's a player in a locker room who i know mentally was going through it Mm -hmm. um and and you know has has a great story when it comes to that but he's never shared that publicly I could, you know, I I'm, I'm going to keep that to myself, but if I if ever I want want to approach that story, I'll I'll go to him and say, "Look, or her, I I think this is a really powerful story. Like would you be willing, comfortable talk to me about it?" I and do it. If they don't feel comfortable, then it's it's null and void. Right, right. But um but yeah, you can you can try to reason with somebody and say, "Hey, look, I think th- I think this could be a powerful thing." Um so. That's
0: a great approach. Uh,
1: yeah, you, you if 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 I feel like it's going to be for the greater good, then yeah, I'm going to push. Yeah. I'm going to push the envelope a little bit.
0: What's so, been an interview uh, that you did that that you thought you did fantastic? It was just a fantastic interview.
1: A fantastic interview. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I've done so many interviews that it's like. That you really learn a lot about somebody. I mean, gosh, that's a really hard question. I have to think about that. Can't believe I, that I, like, I
0: can't believe I stumped you. That's amazing.
1: I, I know. I mean, I, I've done a lot of interviews that I've, I've walked out of that I guess I like, feel pretty good about. Um,
0: what about this? Was but, there was there a person that you interviewed that you just felt was a fantastic interview every, every time? I mean,
1: and I've said this before, I just I, – I love – racing and I love motorsports so I think Roger Penske is just an awesome interview every time I just think he's he's a pretty cool dude um and I love for the Colts if we're talking about the Colts locker room we can say since there might be people out there listening who know I love talking to Anthony Walker the linebacker I think he's a great interview he gives a lot of insight always um he has a lot of cool aspects about his life uh, that he's shared so I think he was always a a really cool interview Mm -hmm. um for the Pacers Victor Oladipo is obviously always a great interview you can always get something out of him uh and I always enjoyed talking to him so well I still do I guess but we're on hiatus right now so um those are just a couple of examples that you know when you walk out of you've always learned something um and maybe a new angle about the person you didn't know before yeah so I love those kinds of interviews that uh that you really feel like you you know a completely different human after you leave and can tell someone a different story they didn't know before.
0: When it comes to then, like, what have you, what's, the, I guess what's the toughest lesson you've learned then throughout your years of of doing what you do?
1: The toughest lesson I learned, which I kind of touched on, is you're not going to please everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm a people pleaser. I hate that feeling when I feel like someone's mad or upset or doesn't like something, I've, but I've learned the hard way, like, you're not going to please everybody. Um Another thing I've learned is you got to roll with the punches. Um, This business is, you know, it's not like, yeah, sure, a game is scheduled at a certain time, but you never know what's going to happen in that game. So you have to be ready to change your storyline, pivot at any moment's notice. Um, That's critical. And uh, yeah, so I guess pretty much those two things is just learn to roll with the punches. It's not always going to be perfect. Yeah. Uh, You have to, you have to, give a little bit when it comes to perfection and uh, you're not going to please everybody.
0: You yeah, know, I found that too with athletes that I think the best uh, are flexible in terms of the mental flexibility. Mm-hmm. Like they're able to adjust especially yeah. when stuff goes bad.
1: And it's hard. It's hard sometimes because you, you're so dead set on something and, and there's time crunches and it can be stressful, but you have to be willing to do it. There's sometimes better than others, but um, and sometimes it's hard, hard to pivot when you, 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 have your mind set on something i guess a good example would be when everything shut down uh, when the ncaa tournament was canceled when march madness was you know ncaa stopped spring sports for the entire spring but i was we were in the middle of the big 10 tournament when this was happening so it was changing by the minute so the big 10 tournament got canceled or there was no fans and then the tournament got canceled and then the ncaa tournament got canceled and then they canceled spring sports altogether. so it was like constant pivoting and it was like you just wanted to tell the story that you had worked so hard on earlier at 2 p.m., but by 4 p.m. it had changed. Hmm. Uh, and you just kind of had to roll with the punches. So that's probably the best example you're going to find is when things just are changing, you got to just be re- willing to just to go. And it's not going to be perfect right. at the end.
0: You know, one of the things I don't think that outside people see is, you know, the kind of the career path that, um, you know, sports journalism, media relations have to do. I mean, so you graduated from Florida State in a week before – right is when you took that first job. Because a lot of, I mean, you have to start in that small town who knows where, right?
1: Right, so a lot about this business is unless you get a lucky break, you're starting really small. Um, and you're moving to a place you probably never heard of or thought you would ever move to and uh, with no family and really no friends. So I moved to small town Dothan with no family, no friends. I didn't know anybody there. Um, I cried, I was upset. I didn't wanna go necessarily. I knew I wanted to start my career, but I just, I was, you know, it was an adjustment. Um, you have to give up a lot. You know, I work weekends being in sports. You work a lot of weekends. Uh, so you miss babies being born. You miss weddings. You put your own social life on the back burner. You put your own relationships on the back burner. A lot of times, um, you don't see your family as much as you probably would like or should. You don't necessarily get to pick where you want to live. You go where the job is, you know? Uh, so living in Alabama is certainly something I never wanted to do, but it helped build me to who I am and build my character a lot. You know, Indianapolis isn't a place I necessarily thought I would move, you know, but here I am. And it's been a a good thing. I've learned a lot about me. I've learned a lot about people. I've learned a lot about life, different places in the country I would have never moved to had I not had this job. So there's a lot of sacrifice with this job. I don't think that people really realize is you miss a lot, um, but it's worth it if you love it. So, uh, you know, as you get older, you, you start to, you start to make time for things that matter. So I've been a lot better about that, but definitely when you're starting out in this business, it's a grind.
0: I always say you got to go where the oil is.
1: Yeah, it's true.
0: (laughs) Um, you know, being a female in this, in this field, I mean, Mm who, who are some people that you look up to in terms of how they interview, how they approach their, their work?
1: Well, certainly Erin Andrews was like the first that I ever really looked up to when I was in like high school. She was just starting to really make it big and she made it possible for people to see that they could do this too, Um, that it was like very realistic. And I saw her a lot in college when she was on college game day because they came to Florida State a lot. Um, And that was really, really cool uh, just to see her in person. I never really got to speak to her, but she was always a good role model. But um, nowadays... I love Carissa Thompson. I love Kay Adams, who's on Good Morning Football. And I love NFL Kay Network. And she's She's awesome, and she's just very human. Um, Laura Rutledge is someone I also really look up to. She's just the coolest human being, just the sweetest person, willing to give feedback, kind soul, one of the biggest names, sports names, when it comes to females now, but she's just as down to earth as she was day one. I just love how natural they are, how them they are, uh, the relationships they have with people, which I think are important. They're not just necessarily talking to you about sports, they're talking to you about people. And that's just how I kind of try to be, too.
0: I love that. I should probably tag them and, uh, when this goes live.
1: Go for it.
0: Yeah, we'll do it.
1: Let them know. Yeah.
0: So um, on an intellectual level, like, what is your favorite part about sports?
1: On an intellectual level, I guess, obviously, it's fun. Uh, you know, the, the, the basics of the sports are fun. They're competitive. It's great. But on the intellectual level, I think I even said it a little bit earlier, it's just it brings people together like nothing else. Um, it's a moment in the couple hours of your day that you don't have to think about everything else that's going on. People are kind to each other for the most part. Um, it doesn't matter race or ethnicity or anything. It's just it, it brings people into a space that I feel like is pretty safe. Um, and you, you meet people you never thought you'd meet. And it's just, it's just, it's a nice distraction from the real world. So on an intellectual level, I just feel like sports brings people together like nothing else can. Music is great. You know, the arts is great, but I think sports just does it in a different way. Um, and I think we're really seeing this right now during the pandemic, like how much we all really miss it. Um, it's an outlet.
0: I love that. Cause I totally agree, especially, uh. A community that comes together over one common theme it's fantastic
1: that's rare you know it's it's rare to see it's rare to see on you know a couple hours of a day on uh, on a certain a couple hours on a certain day everyone is rooting for the same thing and that's just like doesn't happen you yeah. know unless they're sports
0: right um my favorite part is that there's just no ambiguity with it you know i love the yeah finality of you caught the ball or you didn't you made the field goal or you didn't you know you made the shot and no questions life you know it's not there's a lot of gray in that and which is fine but that's life i mean that's why i I disagree with the statement like sports is like life like no it's not it's (laughs) it's sports that's why we love it you know
1: exactly it's not life it's a distraction
0: yeah um so your your dad owned a sports memorabilia place growing up you mentioned babies earlier like what what was the favorite piece that uh that you, of memorability that you that you had
1: I have a lot of random things um a lot of random things one like as a kid my jason I had a jason taylor jersey he was my favorite player for the dolphins obviously his last name was taylor so I had the jersey I have his signed jersey um it's my jersey that he signed on the back um you know I grew up my dad had autograph sessions every Saturdays at the mall so I would you know, meet a million people. I was so young though that I was, you know, I didn't really know, but there's a really cool picture of me as a, as a baby baby with Dan Marino holding me. Um, so that's a pretty cool, although it's not signed, it's a pretty cool memento that I have just, um, that I know later in life, you know, I was there for his retirement ceremony. It was a big thing with Hootie and the Blowfish at the stadium. And I'll always remember that. Um, but you know, it afforded me, my dad being in the business, a lot of opportunities to to love sports and really learn about sports. You know, we went Marlins won their world series, uh, in the early two thousands, you know, my dad took me out of school and we had like, you know, passes to go to the parade and, you know, just cool stuff that I was able to do as a kid because of that, um, has led me to kind of where I am now. Why I love sports so much. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I I love it. Betting on yourself. I know it's going to be the title of this with, um, always ask one last question before I end it, but, um, what, What's one question I should be asking, Taylor, that, that I'm not asking?
1: Ah, I feel like we touched on everything. That's the thing is, like, I feel like you're a pretty good question asker. Um, a question you should be asking me, is it worth it? I mean, that's a good question. Is is, is the job that you do giving up everything you do and, and being in the public light and, and dealing with trolls—is it worth it? That's a good question. Um, is it? Because I, I've I've found a lot. There's a lot of people who start in this business who don't finish. They leave uh, because it's a lot. So if you're going to ask me that, it, it's worth it. Um, but uh, I think that's—is it—is 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 the the risk worth the reward? I guess. Um, and I guess it goes along with the rest of the, you have to move to a small place, you have to give up a lot. Um, you're in the public light. Is it worth it? And I would say yes, because I love my job. Um, but there's certainly a lot of people who would say, I don't think so, and that's why I changed my mind. So
0: So that pause was worth it, because that was probably the best answer I've ever gotten, asking that No. One. That was Fantastic
1: don't butter me up like that that was I fantastic is that.
0: it worth it yeah that's a great question
1: yeah it's it's, it's worth it if if you love it
0: yeah um you know. taylor thank you so much for joining us i mean where where can people uh learn more about you or follow you
1: um i'm on twitter i'm on facebook i'm on instagram it's all very simple at yeah. taylor tannenbaum but you do fan- I, I keep you it do, very
0: you do fantastic job on, on twitter i think just being yourself and navigating thank you that. you do a really good job
1: that's the most important thing to me is like, you know, like I say about the athletes, they're humans. I'm a human too. I live a normal life. I like candy and pizza and binge watching Netflix just as much as the next person. And I love to find out people who do the same and have the same hobbies. And, you know, I like to learn about people. So I like people to learn about me as well. Uh, the more you get to know me, the more comfortable you are with me bringing you the news. Yeah. So I think that's really important. And I love what you do too. If I wasn't doing what I did, what I do, I think I would probably go back to school to learn a little bit about what you do, even though I don't know if I'm willing to go back to school for that long.
0: Do you want to ask me the question?
1: What's one thing I'm not asking you?
0: Is it worth it?
1: <laughs> there you go.
0: You know, I left. Is it worth it? Well, I left. Um, I knew what I always wanted to do, but I le- yeah. I, I was a professor coming out of school because that's what you, what you did. You had to get a job. Right. And... um so, I was running the sports psychology program from uh for four and a half years, and then I just wasn't happy and I went and i told him i went to my boss and I said look i'm i'm not I'm, I'm not all in you know i'm I'm not doing what I really want to do now I'm writing grants and that sucks and and uh right. so I did the same thing I bet on myself and told him said i'm done and um ever since it's been it's been the best and you know, there's always the the downs but I think the downs like the valley that's what makes the mountaintops even that much better and you appreciate it more something comes easy something comes easy you know how much joy is there
1: nothing yeah that's true I like it there you go we're on the same page here mic drop (laughs) mic drop thank you so much thank Thank you this has been wonderful and and thank you so much bet on yourself everybody I appreciate you
0: Thank you for listening to the Mental Toughness Podcast. If you like what you heard today, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast. You can also check us out on Twitter at Dr. Rob Bell or visit our website at DrRobBell.com.